I'm on. I'm on too. Excellent. Ha <laughs> So, so what was this funny thing? Okay, so the other day we were talking about techno, and I saw a guy that was, I don't know, he had uh, head tattoos, neck tattoos, his arms fully tatted up. Okay. Riding a street glide, of course, the hashtag Me Too bike. Black street glide with all the speakers. <laughs> okay. As he was rolling down the road blasting Sandstorm. If you're familiar with the old techno song, Sandstorm. Oh, oh. Sandstorm, sir. When I lived in Mexico in 2000, you could not get away from that any club you went to. Yeah, that was yeah. 2000, not 2020. So what? What's Tell me this. Do you like classic do you like classic rock? I love classic rock. Okay. So, when was the last time like classic rock most classic rock bands put out anything? Um I think ACDs ACDC put an album out a couple months ago. Yeah. Okay. But is that still considered classic rock then? If it's new. It's just rock, right? At that point. Okay, I'm with you. I follow it. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because he he had to look at it. I mean, classic rock. Hell, you know, I grew up listening to like Guns N' Roses and stuff. Now that's getting played on the classic rock stations. Oh, yeah. That's because we're both boomers now. Ah, okay, boomer. <laughs> and the funny thing is, is how well that actually works with you, Boomer. It does. It works quite well with you. <laughs> and I like it. Uh, it is hilarious is what it is. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, no, I mean, it doesn't matter what style of music it is. If it's older, you know, it's a classical, it's more of a classic form of it. So 20, being 20 years old right mm-hmm. it's more classic techno it's still techno but it's just a classic techno you know i think i think techno's gone and there's some places where it's gone amazingly well there's other places where i'm just like okay but i can say that about anything but is it still considered techno or is it now considered edm it's, well techno is an edm it's electronic dance music that's all EDM stands for. Okay, yeah. When's the last time you went to a rave? Uh, last time I went to a rave was somewhere in the early 2000s. Uh-huh. Almost 20 years ago. <laughs> Listen, I don't poop on your party. <laughs> no. Now, see, that's the thing. It's more... Um, I just grew out of going to raves. It doesn't mean it doesn't mean I don't listen to newer elect- electronic music. I still listen to newer electronic music. I just don't go to raves. Which gets into what I wanted to talk about today. Well, what's that, sir? How we've grown up. Okay. What? Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on. Whoa, I'm whoa, going speak, somewhere with this. Whoa, whoa, speak for yourself first. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say how we've matured, how we've grown up. You know, take a look at what you ride now on a motorcycle. Okay. 
what are you replacing it with? You said you're going to replace your bike. What are you replacing it with? First, what do you ride? Then what are you replacing it with? Well, right now I currently ride a 2006 Harley Davidson Dyna, otherwise known as the FXDBI, the I standing for injection, because that's when they made it a fuel-injected bike. Mm -hmm. Well, as an option, at least, I think. Yeah, uh, 2006 was the last year for the or for the first year, not first year. I think it was 2005 was the first year that it was an option for fuel injection, and 2006 into 2007 was the last year that you could get a carbureted bike. I think 2006 was the last year you could get a carbureted bike. 2007 they they made it just all fuel injected. I think so. It's that way across the board. Yeah, because even sporties were becoming injected Mm -hmm. well at least started i don't know how i don't know uh, what what is i i think i don't think uh sporties were actually fully fuel injected until somewhere around 2010 okay i want to think i i i i I could be very wrong about that frankly i don't really care (laughs) exactly that's that gets away from that gets into the whole minutia thing of eh, it's not that big a deal no, no. Okay, so the bike that I'm looking to get currently is an oversized dirt bike. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so, so. Let me let me just kind of explain to you. Okay, so uh, uh, and everybody, anybody listening, um, if you haven't listened to any other shows that was, that was on, like the Motor Nobodies, or if you listen to Loud Pipes or anything like that, uh, if you haven't, go check it out. Um, but uh, we've been planning this trip to Alaska for the past couple of years. And uh, I'm actually in a position to where I'll, I'll be getting a new bike, hopefully by August. You know, I, it, it, we'll, see, we'll see what the market's like because I do have to sell the Dyna. Okay. Um, for multiple reasons. But you're not just for multiple it. reasons. No. No, because they wouldn't give me the trade value that I'd want out of it. Okay. Um, and what I should be able to get out of it, right? Because, I mean, they're going to want to sell it for what its market price is. Which means you'll be lucky if you get, you know, 50% of right. that. Yeah, exactly. 50%, something like that. So, uh, basically, what I'm and, and when you're talking, I'm going out of Harley, out of, out of a Harley brand. Okay they're less likely to they they don't want to take on a harley you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like i so the dealers around me i know that they take harleys but i think that more depends on like the rider and what they're really looking to get on get on in the first place anyway because i bet you anything they're getting a lot less than what they should have had what they should have gotten for their bikes considering like the resales and stuff like that but um, basically a oversized dirt bike. Yeah, it's it's light, it's nimble, and it's quiet. And it doesn't have all the stuff on it that you don't need. It has everything you do need, right? Well, when you say everything you don't need and everything you do need, what are you saying? Does it have GPS? No. Does it have a stereo? No. Okay, does it have ABS? Yes. What you're wanting to do. 
Exactly. You can long distance tour. You can take it on the highway. Be comfortable as all get out. Well, there's here and there with the seat, but there's other. I've noticed that there's some companies, at least overseas, that are making seats for it. So if you don't like the current seat, there's still going to be options out there. And because it is a lot, it is a lot more like a dirt bike seat. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say dirt bike bench. But yeah, so there's at least going to be options out there for it if I want to change it. But you are able to, worst comes to worst, you can put an Airhawk seat cover on it or a seat cushion and you're ready to roll. I could do something like that. Um, I could do a lambskin. I can do any number of things I really wanted to do. I, I mean, I could probably make my own beaded seat if I really wanted to. Okay. Like a wood bead seat. Uh-huh. I could probably do something like that, too. I, there's any number of things you could, if you put your mind to it, you can make what you have work. Exactly. So. Now, this is going to get to what I'm saying. Okay. You don't have a need to go to the, um, what do we want to call those? The, I'm going to get together at the dealership and go cruise and put 15 miles on my bike on a Saturday to ride down to the Harley place or any other bar, drink, and then come home. So you're not one of those guys. And- no, actually, that's, that's exactly what my, my current diner is actually set up for, is actually a bar hopper. But you're not doing the bar hopper. No. I don't do a bar. I, I don't, I, I've taken I've taken my bike long distance. Now the seat gets a little bit rough. I'll tell you that it does get a little bit rough. It's a harder seat. It's like I said, it's a bar hopper. Mm-hmm. It's not meant for long distance comfort. But I've done it. It's not horrible. It does need some work though. But anyway, go ahead. Okay. So I have you know, last time we got together on here, we were talking about my new acquisition, which is an FJ09. Yes. Which is a more upright standard motorcycle. It's got plenty of power. It does not have traction control. It does have three modes, but it has ABS and heated grips, which by the way, you need heated grips. I've, I'm, trust me, I'm looking into heated grips. Okay. Uh, I do know the wonderfulness that, uh, that, is is or are either one yeah yeah. so i I just know the wonderfulness that heated grips provide Uh uh-huh and of course we know i've got another bike that i ride which is a victory cross country do you know how many miles i've put on the victory cross country since i've had the fj09 20 uh, I actually took it out with my son, and we did 120 miles three weeks ago. Okay. So you had a day out. So I had a day out on it. And a light day. And it's a, it's a light day. It was a light day. And that's it. I spend more okay. time riding the FJ09 than I do any other bike. And the reason why is because it's not as loud it doesn't have the distractions and it's got everything I need on it. And it lets me focus more on riding and less on, oh, let me crank the volume up on this stereo. Well, I'll get, I'll get a, let me say something to that. So, um, so my dad has a uh, 2016 uh, Road Glide Ultra. Okay. 
And I've ridden that thing around town, taking it on trips and things like that. Mm-hmm. I don't find that as much of a distraction. The only, like, the, like maybe the only kind of somewhat distraction that there might be is like, eh, I don't want to listen to this song, flip to the next. Uh, okay, we're in agreement on that. It, it's not as much of a distraction, it's just one more thing that's there. Yeah, it, it, but I'll, I'll also say this. So on my Dyna, I, I, it, on my uh, helmet, I have a Senna. Okay. Right? I've got the Senna 10C. Uh, I got, you know, my, so I can listen to music off my phone. So I've, technically, I've kind of added it to it in a sense, even though it's not actually a part of the bike. Okay. But it's still there. So, you know, but I always have it at a certain volume, mm-hmm. you know, just so I can hear it. But I also use plug phones, so I don't have to have it cranked all the way up. You know, it's just I can listen to it and it's fine. And I can still hear traffic around me and everything. You know, that it, it, it just helps. I like it like that. I, I do like listening to music. It Music has always been one thing that's always kind of like center me and calm me mm-hmm. a bit. You know, and kind of put me where I'm at. Okay. But it also is a good way to get me in trouble on that bike, too. Especially considering most of my playlist. Because <laughs> I am one of those guys that likes to listen to uh, a lot more upbeat. Well, I say upbeat. Uh, up-tempo music. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be metal, electronica... Um, it doesn't matter what it is. I like a lot more upbeat, up-tempo stuff. And for some reason, somehow, I can always find the proper beat. Oh, I'm sorry, the proper speed for my beat that I'm listening to. Okay. <laughs> so it can be very troublesome, like Run to the Hills. Yes, where you're trying to outrun the drum beat. <laughs> That's a difficult one. <laughs> I, I I find myself I'm like okay nope nope not gonna not not gonna be speeding like that today next <laughs> so anyway go ahead so you were making a point I, I yeah I'm kind of making a point on this because here's what I'm seeing is I'm seeing a lot of us and granted maybe we're not the normal group we're not the I've got my Harley Davidson leather vest that's got all of the patches because there's no more available on my vest. You know, I am a member of a club, but none of us in the club are brand specific. Here's what we have for a ruling on our club. You have to have over an 800cc motorcycle. And the reason why is because you need to be able to keep up. Okay. Do you have a name for this club? Uh, Full Throttle Full Mac. Okay. It is a international club. There are chapters in numerous states and several international. I think we've got one in Ireland, one in Poland, I think. Okay. But anyway, that that kind of gets away from what I'm saying. We're not the typical 
uh, the typical you're not Harley the club. Rider. Yeah, we're not the typical club. We're also not the typical Harley riders. Even when you look at the members of the club and what they, what we represent, what we get along with, and all that other stuff. So it tends to, okay. so it tends to, kind of show a. I hate saying the word maturity level because I know we're going to catch a lot of hate. Which thank God after this <laughs> maturity. gets after after this episode gets posted, we'll probably get all kinds of hate mail. Please direct that to bacon at cracklecast.com. No. <laughs> actually, uh, the um, it's actually cracklecaststudio at gmail.com. Oh, hey, we got an email address. Yes, we do, sir. All right. And that's actually, and that's actually the website as well. In case you wanted to know. Oh, that's fantastic! We have a website too. That's right, cracklecaststudio dot com. Wow! Wow! Let's, we're we're look high at, rolling. We are maturing. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're both we're both changing how we ride. We're changing the things we do. We're talking about an Alaska trip where the uh, Victory Cross Country and the Harley Dynon, the Harley Cross, uh, Harley, uh, what is it that you've got access to? Your dad's bike? Uh, the, Road, the Road Glide Ultra. The Road Glide Ultra. You know, those are not going to be bikes to take in that area. Well, I mean, where we're going, there's still roads. Now, now I don't know. I've heard from some people that like the roads around there are a lot of potholes and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that could be detrimental. But I've I've, I've seen people that have gone, um, gone from gone through Alaska and stuff like that on Harleys and stuff like that. So, I mean, if you stay if you stick to the main roads, okay, you know, I'm sure you'll be okay. It's just this is this is. The point of getting the uh, ADV is I want to be more versatile with my writing. So if I see a dirt path somewhere, whether it be a service road or something like that, I want to take that and know that I'll be, you know, very capable of, like, at least my bike will be very capable. How long it'll take before I'm very capable (laughs) is a whole other story. But it's 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 more to that kind of grounds. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Which is why I ordered today a uh, skid plate and crash guards for the FJ09. So what kind of tires are you going to end up running on that then? I don't know yet. We can. You got sit. a ni- you got a 19 inch front. Mm, let's go with yes, but I don't know. You don't know how big your front your front tire is? No. <laughs> well, how long have you had this bike, sir? Uh, month or two. I haven't had to put tires on it. You shouldn't have to wait for that, dear lord. Seventeen Good inch lord, front, man. Seventeen inch front, seventeen inch rear. Okay, so you're going to be kind of limited. Actually, you're going to be very limited on what you can put on that. Um, in terms of off-road capable. Mm-hmm. You're going to be very, very limited. Because they're not the same width, are they? No. No, the front's a 120, the rear's a 180. 
yeah so yeah you're going to be very very uh, in fact i'm not even certain you can get prop a good proper off-road tire for that because so here's the problem so you can run your you, you can run yours off-road but you're going to want a better tire for it of course you know mm -hmm. for for one for traction two uh your road tire is going to be soft enough that it's going to be a lot easier to pop when you're off-road mm -hmm. depending on like what what whatever kind of train you're on you know i mean you could take a gravel or dirt road all you want but then you're looking at the traction level you have so but the, anyways once again minutia so you yeah. got your so you got your skid plate got a skid plate ordered got a okay crash guards what, what what company did you end up going through with uh skid plate and crash guards so the skid plate is actually um crap i have to think <laughs> uh the crash guards are givies okay and Givies are okay. Um, you've you've already ordered them. Yes. Okay. And I want to say the skid plate is a Moscow Moto. Oh, Moscow Moto. Mm-hmm. Wow, I didn't, I I didn't know that they actually. I didn't know they made hard parts. I did not know that they made hard parts like that might not be i know they make a bunch of bags but they could i mean because i know they would do panniers and stuff like that so they you know they have luggage racks so why wouldn't they make crash guards mm -hmm. you know they also do you know apparel a lot of, well of course a lot of companies do apparel but <laughs> Everybody does apparel. Well, duh. And then you have America's <laughs> number one t-shirt, you know, manufacturer. For the loom? Uh, Harley Davidson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, please. And just, please. just to be you know clear. What? They are currently, they, they are currently, Indian is very close on their tail with that. It, yeah, they are. Like, like Indian seriously I got so many problems with Polaris it's not even funny and I'm sorry you own a Polaris I do own a Polaris and I haven't had any issues with it oh I'm not saying anything about that but it's just that they want it's like they want so badly to be Harley Davidson excuse me it's an SW Motec crash guard okay or uh, not crash guard uh, skid plate okay Okay, that makes that makes a lot of sense there. But no, no, I was, I was actually looking at uh, Moscow Moto, uh, the the backcountry thirty five liter panniers. Mm -hmm. Are you going to go hard or soft? Soft. Moscow doesn't make hard hard, hard panniers; they make soft. Okay. I, I I I like I like the idea of the security with a hard mm -hmm. pannier. But when you look at the rear end of the T7, as opposed to a lot of the other uh, adventure bikes out there, it's built more like a dirt bike. A lot more like a dirt bike. And um, 
so it's as minimal as can be in terms of a subframe. And so hard hard panniers are going to send shock all the way through that when you when you let's face it when you're going off road you're going to go down mm-hmm. it just it's just something it's just the way of life um and at least the soft panniers are going to be able to absorb some of that impact so it's less likely that you uh end up uh bending your subframe that and I just think I, I think I think it's the kind of bike that just soft panniers look a lot better on it than hard. Well, I'm running I'm running soft bags on the uh, FJ09, and I was just curious. You are? Yeah, I am. Okay. I'm running a set of uh, Shad E48s. Okay. Any reason you went with Shads? Uh, they looked kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> they had kind of a. <laughs> As dumb as it sounds, I mean, it's it's it's. it's I mean, it's as good a re- reason as any. Because let's face it, you're you, unless you're just absolutely don't care how it looks, you could always go tusk. Exactly, right? Mm-hmm. Whether uh, and I and actually, I'm, I do have to kind of go back on uh, something I said on loud pipes when talking about tusk. Is uh, I didn't mention that they do actually currently make soft panniers as well. Mm-hmm. But like they're hard panniers, it's literally high aluminum box, and their softs aren't bad. They're not horrible looking. But if you it, it, go ahead and look up uh, the Moscow Moto backcountry uh, panniers, and you look at that, you're like, "Damn, that's a nice looking, that's a nice looking bag right there." Like a very nice. Like like, you have color contrasts. You have nice good straps. It looks like it's got like it's got like good um, abrasion resistance. Like it's just a good looking bag. Now, mind you, the set is over eight hundred dollars. I do like the way that looks. They are they are nice. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I mean, anything you go to put on your bike. Part of it is is aesthetics. Same thing you do with your car. A lot of times, you know, mm-hmm. you you know, you're gonna look at it. And you're gonna be like, huh? Is that gonna look right on there? <laughs> I mean, even if it's functional. Well, you want f- unless you want functional, but you also want to make sure it's aesthetically pleasing, because otherwise, you're gonna look at it and go, God, that's so ugly. Yeah, right. Exactly. You consistently look at it and be like, oh, uh. And that starts taking away from, uh, like, like every time you get off your FJ mm-hmm. and you're walking, whether it be into the gas station or whatever you're going into, you look back, don't you? Uh, yes, I'm still looking back at it. I, granted, I still look back at the victory, too. But, yeah, I get what you're saying. That's the whole point. I mean, if you cannot look back at your bike and just or your car or whatever it is, you got the wrong fucking vehicle. Mm-hmm. You got the wrong fucking vehicle. Plain and simple. Yeah, it works. It does what it's supposed to do. But you're not in love with it. And let's face it. Unless you're doing, unless you're, unless it's your 
day to day, every single day, you got nothing else, and this is what I could afford done, you want something good to look at. You want something that you're going to sit in your garage, you just got done cleaning it, and you're just looking at it, and you're just like, hmm, I can't wait for our next adventure together. See, and that's what I was getting at. As it comes down to, okay, what are you now working with? Are you... Junk in the trunk? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I got my, I got me some junk in the trunk. <laughs> but, no, no, like, 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 what are you working with in terms of, like, your, uh, your luggage, your extras? Mm-hmm. Okay. So all the added things that you want to put on there. Yes. And has that changed from the Dyna to the new Super, uh, to the T7? I keep wanting to call it a Super T, but it's not a Super T. It's a T7. It's a T. It's the T7. It's just, that's right. Um, Yes and no. So I don't pack that much as it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, I think. My bag currently that I carry, uh, like when I go on trips, Mm -hmm. is approximately 30 liters. Okay. So it's enough for a couple changes of clothes, maybe a couple extra other things. I I generally put in a couple extra pair of shoes, you know, because like I'll be camping or something like that. And, you know, I want something comfortable to wear around the camp. Exactly. You want to be able to pull off your motorcycle boots and put on a pair of tennis shoes to wander around exactly or sandals or something it doesn't matter you know uh, sometimes i'll carry both okay i'm with you but um you know i can strap a tent to the top of that uh my sleeping pack uh uh, uh, well my (coughs) depending on what time of year you know i could put a sleeping bag on top of that you know but generally everything like if i'm going to cabin stay it that's all I need. You know, um, I, I just need that. What's in that bag? Because mm-hmm. it carries all my toiletries. It carries every bit of clothing I'm going to wear. Um, I've got a leather tool bag on the front of the bike. And I carry minimal tools. I carry some Allen keys, a couple screwdrivers, a wrench, a few sockets. And that's about it. You know, zip ties and things like that, of course. But... Um, that's you know that's generally what I pack I generally pack really light I don't you know it, it boggles my mind all the things that some people think they need even if it is a cross country trip really how often are you actually going to change your clothes you're not really around too much civilization to care mm-hmm <laughs> no, I'm with you. I mean, change your drawers and you're good to go. You know, um, I'm going to be purchasing a uh, travel towel, actually. Okay. Um, things actually pretty cool. Um, it's a, uh, I think, let me see if I still have it in my cart. I don't think I do. No, I don't. Um, but it's a little travel towel. 
it's about kind of it's almost like if, if you imagine like um what divers throw into the water mm-hmm. it's almost something like that a little bit bigger like you don't need much to clean yourself off you know a chamois a chamois mm-hmm. sham wow well you know what get yourself a damn sham wow and that'll dry you off just well you know you you can use it as a rag and dry and dry yourself off maybe not after you you know wipe through the crack of your ass but <laughs> yeah you probably want to do that last <laughs> or you know find the nearest small animal i hear rabbits work great i heard that too squirrels mm-hmm. they're a little fidgety but <laughs> uh, so okay so uh, on with this um but yeah no uh um i don't like I, I i never i used to think i needed to carry a lot more mm-hmm. and i find that um like should i take my dad's bike take the ultra mm-hmm I tend to carry more stuff because I have the room. It's there. So I'm like, yeah, why not? I can take that. If I don't use it, I don't use it. Whatever. It's there. You know, it's room. So I try not to take too much, but damn, if the room is there, it's what, what law is that? Um, someone, uh, I, I actually just watched a video uh, with somebody talking about the law, like if there's a space to fill, people generally try to fill it. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, I don't know which one you're talking about, but I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like it's like, hey, if you find open space, you generally try to fill it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, oh, well, you you find you find a use for that space. But uh, yeah, no. It's our, you know. our trip down to Austin was a prime example of that. When we went last year, and John was there, uh, we went down to MotoGP in Austin, and I had my bike completely packed. I had the wife's ba- bike completely packed. Wait, wait, wait! You, you're, just, you're talking the cross country, correct? Well, Austin is three and a half, four hours south of us. Okay. But we were going to be down there for almost a week. And we still didn't touch half the shit that we packed. No. You really never do. That's the crazy thing. I mean, think about the last actual like vacation you went in you went on. Okay. So the cruise in December. How much of that stuff that you packed did you actually use? Um change underwear and change t shirt. There you go. How much did you bring? Overpacked. <laughs> and, and and that's why I love like when you when you one thing you will always hear people say about, you know, when you pack for a trip, pack what you think you're gonna need. Now cut that in half. Yep. Then go back again, cut that in half. Okay. You know, you only have to you only cut it in half a couple of times. You don't need to do it like ten times, and all of a sudden here you are left with a um, a pack of gum in your wallet. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> you know, it's it's not something like that, but it's like one to two shirts, maybe a pair of pants, a couple of pair of underwear, and a couple pairs of socks. That's literally all you need. It really is. I can I, I can wear the same underwear for weeks on end. No. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm going to have to start rethinking this Alaska trip. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, you know, you, you, you'll find places that, you know, hell, on a cruise, if you want to wash your undies in the fucking, in the bathroom of your cabin, wash them in the bathroom of your cabin. Let them hang there and dry. But they have washing machines. A lot of people don't realize that. Well, yeah, whatever. It doesn't matter. You can use something, mm-hmm. right? Whether it be the sink or a washing machine, doesn't matter what the hell it is. And when you're on the road, you can find a nice creek, wash your crap on the rock, and strap it to the top of stuff so it'll dry when you're when you get moving again. And voila, you got fresh shit again. Because mm-hmm. well, all you're doing is getting the shit off of it anyway. <laughs> oh man oh so I, I actually haven't actually uh asked you um sir what are you drinking um i went ahead and i started out with a miller light this afternoon oh yeah i finished mine the other day oh okay yeah every now and again you know piss beer is okay yeah, it, I mean, it serves a purpose. It does. It's flavored water. Pretty much, yeah. There's always, there's, I mean, you generally have to have something to back it. <laughs> At least a little something, something. Uh-huh. No. Myself, um, I am yeah, what are enjoying you? myself. What do you got? I got? I'm enjoying myself a nice little... Uh, Guinness Extra Stout. Nice. I had one of those the other night. A couple of those, actually. Now, what? Yeah, well, well, there you go. See? <laughs> okay, so I'm really looking at this Moscow Moto and this yes. Backcountry 30 liter duffel pack. Oh, the duffel pack is amazing. Oh, yeah. I think I found the bag that I want. But then I'm a so, little bit of a bag whore. So, my big problem with that pack, okay, so your, your panniers, uh-huh. they have a hard plate on the back, Yep, and you, and you can literally remove the entire thing off of the bike. Yep. That backcountry bag, that, that, that one, the duffel, mm-hmm. actually gets strapped to the bike. Yep. So, the only thing you can remove is the, in, is the insides. That I don't like. Huh. You end up having to spend time. That's the one thing about that bag that I don't like. See, now I'm looking at the attachment points on this. And not to make this sound like a commercial for uh, um, Moscow Moscow Moto or any of the other stuff that we've been looking at. But I'm looking at the attachment points. And you could almost run. What are those straps that John likes? Yeah, no. Rock straps, no. You don't think so? You, you don't no. think you could put a couple of rock straps on that and put it to the back seat? 
I'd say I would not do that. I like. Don't get me wrong. I like rock straps to a point. Okay. There is a certain weight that I do not believe that they work especially well because they have bungee. Mm-hmm. They're built with bungee. Yes. So naturally, stuff is going to shift. It's going like like if you go over bumpy terrain, anything like that, right? Mm-hmm. So for adventure wise, it's not worth it on the road. I'm sure you can get away with it, you know, pretty much whatever, sure. But um, if you're going off-road at all, you it's bungee. You want to try and stay away from bungee when you're off-roading. There's too much stretch. Too much room for shift. That's why, that's the reason why um, those are actual straps. You, you would actually almost find like almost as ratchet straps. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm with you. So you can tighten that sucker down and it is not moving. It's there for the count and done. Okay. But if you have one bag that you're doing that with, is that really that big of a deal to have to move around every day? Yes. I don't want to have to sit there and try and string it through, put all the strings through and do all that. Um, what I would like out of that is if you is if they put uh, clip connectors mm-hmm. that you could cinch down and release. You know, attach those clip connectors to your bike, clip it in, cinch it down. And then all you have to do is undo this, you know, just undo the clips to take it off. Make it something quick, but put it, you know, you can put something that's pretty much semi-permanent on the bike. That's not going to get in the way when it's off. Okay. And voila. You know, it's a way to fix that without it being a big problem. And you, and you still get all the security of what it is. See, I need to be a designer for this company. I think you ought to send them your idea. Give me those buku bucks. You should send them Give your idea. Give me those buku bucks, motherfuckers. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Watch them come back with, oh, no, no, we thought about that before, and we decided to go against it. And then six months later, they're coming out with a new platform for it. <laughs> right? Exactly. See, this, this, is, this is the tale of my life, sir. <laughs> I come up with amazing damn fucking ideas, and whether it be six months, six years, ten years down the road, it comes out. Did you know, uh, was it uh, back in, I want to say it was 99, 98 or 99, I worked at Hardee's. Okay. You know their Monster Burger? When did the Monster Burger come out? Not until like 99, 2000, somewhere in there? Uh, something like that. Yeah. Guess he was making monster burgers. I made a two-pound monster burger. I was like, hey, I get to make whatever the hell I want here. I'm going to use a patty. And then I started cutting up some roast beef. Just started slamming that on top. Put some cheese on there. I was like, huh. You know what I could use? Another damn patty. Whammo. 
I was like, that thing looks good. Ooh, some more cheese. And what did you have? Monster Burger. And, and if I could find the guys that I worked with, they would attest to I came up with the Monster Burger long before it ever came became a thing. My damn ideas, somebody else is using. Exactly. Fuckers. <laughs> I am still just so crazily surprised that no motor, none of the big five motorcycle companies with all the TFT displays mm-hmm. are not using cell phones. What do you mean? Well, instead of a TFT display, just make a program that goes onto your that goes onto your phone with a dedicated. Once you take off your with it, it's, it'll be it'll be it'll have a dedicated code that your bike will read when it plugs in. Okay. It's your key. It's your key. It's full on security. Your boat. Your bike goes into full lockdown without your phone attached. Then you have your GPS. You run your uh, your speedometer. Everything right off your phone. Always fully charged because well, it's on a charging system. And all you have to do is plug the damn thing in. See? Yeah, that is that's Who needs a key when you have when everyone carries around a phone? Well, I work with a couple of older guys that make me look like I'm still wet behind the ears. And the one guy makes it a point of letting you know don't call him because he doesn't have a cell phone. He doesn't want to talk to you that badly. Well, that's fine. There could be a dealer option of technically this is your key. It doesn't make calls out. It does run GPS. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And there you go. So he doesn't have to carry it around all the time, just when he has the bike. The only thing See, I... There's ways around there it. There is a way around it, because you would have to have a key to be able to get into the bike or to do something with it when it would be at the dealership to get worked on, because you're not going to leave your phone. Oh, no, no, no. So the de- so all dealerships would have an interface key. Mm-hmm. And basically, before you take off your TFT display, take off your phone, you could set it into dealer mode. So all your settings still get saved and all that. And everything that the computer knows, you know, it has a little memory box or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. A little ECU memory box. So they can read off all codes and all that stuff. I'm really... And all they have to do is plug their shit into it. I'm really digging that idea. It's a really good one. You heard it here first. If it and starts it's super sh- easy to do. If it starts showing up on bikes, we want our money. Right? Give me my money, bitches. <laughs> we want to get paid, yo. Yeah. And speaking of getting paid, um, 
I'd like to, I think it's time for us to hear from our sponsor, sir. That's right. Why don't you go ahead and read it this week? I will, sir. Um, this week's sponsor comes from Merkel's Miracle Phone and Beer Holder. That's right. Whether you're out practicing safe social distancing or flat out drink everybody at the party, never miss an opportunity for those hold my beer moments. Now, when you purchase with the promo code CRACKLECAST, you'll not only get the phone and beer holder, but all accessories, including the car mount, motorcycle mount, and Bluetooth trigger. So call now, get your own Miracles Miracle phone and beer holder, and never be left saying, hold my beer again. Outstanding. Yeah. I think, I, you know, I, as, soon as, I, as soon as I get mine in the mail here, I'm going to review that thing, man. That thing's going to be awesome. <laughs> so people, people thought I acted redneck before. Oh, man, it's going to be greatness. So I'm looking over here <laughs> on the Moscow Moto. You know, yes. they have the cinch strap that you were talking about that clips directly to the backcountry duffel. Do they? Yep. It comes in pairs. It's the simple cinch strap. And it's not a bungee. The simple. Uh-huh. We'll see. There we go. Well, there we go. Accessories, accessories, accessories. So I'm thinking, so so I'm looking at that as an option, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like those, uh, those backcountry. Mainly because if I wanted to, there's a, a simple system that I can use to place the uh, place a Rotax. Okay. One one gallon gas uh, can under the uh, under the pannier. Well, behind it, I should say, not under it, behind it. But at the same time, have you seen the Reckless? Is that from Moscow Moto? Wait, yeah, that is, it. Mus- that is Moscow Moto. Yeah, that's the uh, that's Moscow Moto. Yeah, the the tank bag with the, the forward the horseshoe. Yeah, I've actually been looking at that the one horseshoe. Too. Yeah. So yeah, and it's not a tank bag. It's actually no no. It goes around the back. It goes over. It goes over the. It goes over the pillion. Oh really? But it leans a little forward. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize that was for the pillion. So it's a true saddle. Yeah, it's a true saddlebag. Huh. But the only problem with that is that, you know, then you have to figure out a different way to put on some fuel, right? Whether it be bottles or something like that. And there's ways mm-hmm. to do that. You know, you can add a bag with, a you know, with like fuel canisters, um, stuff like that. And they work, you know. But... I kind of like the idea of not an aluminum bottle for for fuel. You know, I like the Rotax plastic fuel canisters. And for it to be put up under panniers like that, where it's close to center weight, center mass, makes it even that much better. Like super, super cool. And that extra gallon, man, that extra gallon will get me an extra like 50 miles. 
Oh, close to it. Something like that. <laughs> All depends on how I really ride. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm familiar with these. What, the Rotax? Uh, the, the Rotopax. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty familiar with these. Uh, they use them with Jeeps yeah. and off-roading. Now, do they actually use the Rotopacks? Uh, yeah, because I've seen a lot of because uh, I've seen uh, I've seen a lot of other ones where they're just you know fuel canister like 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 rugged fuel canisters that they just have a cradle for. No, there's uh, they sell one that's a three gallon that goes right there on the back of the Jeep. Man, three gallons on a Jeep can't do much. Well, when you're off <laughs> when you're off roading, three gallons will get you out. Depending on where you yeah, are. Well, you'd, yeah, you'd hope. You could only imagine. Well, they sell them in the five and the. But yeah, no, no. Like a single. Like a single gallon. Mm-hmm. You know, on a bike like that. And they do different ones, too. They, they do ones that you could have, like, water. Mm hmm. And stuff like that. So, I mean, if I knew it wasn't going to be getting out into anything crazy and I knew I was going to be close to gas stations and fuel up whenever I wanted to, I'd take water. Most likely, though, it'd be gas. Because <laughs> let's face it, I try to stay away from gas stations as much as possible. Only when I'm like on a uh, fear of being on fumes yeah they've got i'm looking at one right now that's got the uh it's got a hard plate for a, a dr650 so so another option i'm looking at with something like that is like camel mm-hmm. okay you you know uh you've heard of camel yeah the camel packs and stuff like that yeah Well, no, 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 no. Not, 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 I'm not talking like the uh, the company that makes the uh, the drinking bags. Okay. Um, they actually make uh, motorcycle products. Oh, Camel ADV products. Okay, I'm with you. Yes, and they make uh, fuel. They tend to make like fuel systems. Mm-hmm. Like. Like so, like so. Imagine like you have like the Rotapacks mm-hmm. or something like that. So it's something like that, and lots of times they have it actually go into your fuel system, so it'll actually suction it out of there. So it's always fully used. Okay, I'm with you. So I mean, and they don't do it. It's a super small company. Um, they don't make it for everything out there but i will tell you there is one thing for certain from them that i would buy for the t7 okay what's that it's the anti-bobblehead so uh the t7 from all the reviews and stuff like that you'll see when you're riding it off-road and stuff like that you'll see the um uh the screen Mm mm-hmm You'll see the screen bouncing, and it's connect. It's directly connected to the headlights as well. So the so the headlights will bounce a little bit too. 
and so this stiffens it up. It's just a couple of bars, and it's like I think it's like fifty bucks for these two bars that will just you you they're three screw uh, three three screws a piece. Okay. And it stiffens literally. It literally stiffens everything up. Hmm. So, little little, little fun little uh, things I get. Uh, you know, I'm looking to get, uh, and I'm actually looking to probably get. I'm sorry, no, it's seventy dollars, but it's okay. You know, I I think something like that is almost immeasurable. The benefit that it gives. Um, you know. Crash bars, uh, crash bars and skid plate. I look, uh, I, I, I think I sent you the picture earlier mm-hmm. uh, from it from Adventure Spec. Yep. And there, I'm looking at maybe four hundred dollars total. All little things I plan on actually start. Uh, I plan on starting to acquire before the bike comes out. So you're you're dead serious on this then. Yes. Like I love the the whole thing is it's so simple. I cuz I've looked at the super high-tech bikes, you know, the Tiger the Tiger 900, the Tiger 800, the KTM 790. I've looked at all these high-tech bikes. Okay. And I keep coming back to something that I've always hated about cars and trucks and stuff like that nowadays. They're too technical to work on. Like you can do some stuff here and there, but you can't take care of everything. I am completely with you on this. So I want something simple. Mm Mm-hmm. The only reason ABS is on there is because it's required in the EU. Um, well, I, apart- hang on a sec. I've I've ridden bikes without ABS, and I know you have too. Uh, my current bike does not have ABS. Okay, and does your does your dad's bike have ABS? Yes, it's actually got one of the original linked ABS. Okay. Now let me ask you a question. Which one do you feel is better? I've never had to use the ABS, so I don't know. Okay, I've had my... You know what yes, I'm saying? I've had ABS engage on my victory. And I will tell you, ABS is absolutely fantastic. Yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. So, um, ABS is good. Don't get me wrong. In general... In, in a general basis, ABS is good because your your hand in a panic situation is not going to throb in and out, in and out, in and out, in and yeah, out. Yeah, it's not going to pulse it like it needs to. Right. It's not going to do what it needs to do like that uh, to stop you as quickly as you need to. It allows you to, it allows you to be who you are and do your panic grab without having to worry about the consequences of a panic grab. Mm-hmm. Um, with the T7, um, people don't like the ABS so much. Like they really notice it kind of odd. Um, and maybe there's something, you know, maybe it's something software wise that they need to fix with it. Who knows? I don't know. But let's face it. 
there's been decades upon decades of people riding motorcycles without ABS. Mm-hmm. Well, sure, it's nice. Sure, it's nice. But if you're a smart rider, you really don't, for the most part, need ABS. Well, this that right there leads into something that I've I really people have been cutting their grass and blowing their grass out into the street for decades upon decades upon decades. Yep. When did we become such pussy riders that we can't handle grass on the street? It's okay. So there's, there's something about handling grass on the street and coming around a blind corner and all of a sudden, Oh, Hey, look, there's grass. Yes. But that's already been there. It's been there for decades. Yes and no. Yes and no. Um, I think as you get more riders, right? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you have a lot of varying uh, skill levels, a lot more. And a lot of people, you know, Listen, grass is not a bad thing to me unless I got to stop on it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care if you got ABS. You, you get. Uh, I've actually come up to a stop where there was probably about 15 foot worth of hay crossing the entire road. Like you could not get around it without going off road. And, you know, you go to stop and, well, guess what? I'm barely even on my brakes and my wheels stopped. Like, and just slid. So your ABS is not going to do anything for you at that point. When you have no traction, you have no traction. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a fact of life. I mean, you just have to... You have to be become a better writer. You really do. But I can also attest to the fact that, you know, I know a guy who went down last year because literally giant like 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 the entire road was covered with grass mm-hmm. coming up coming up onto a curve. You still there? Yo, know, it's I'm still here. Mm. It's just things that, you know, you, you, I get that, you know, it should be something that you should be, I guess, ready for. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, not everybody is. Can you attest that the new person that you're riding with is going to be ready for that? Oh, no. If they're a new rider, they're probably not going to be. If they tried to do an emergency stop on grass, they're not going to be ready. But as a new rider, there's, uh, 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 see, that's the point. Okay. You have to make it for across the board. Stop doing it because you don't know who's new and who's not. Is that person cutting the grass? Cities literally have had laws against throwing their clippings out there. And it's not even for motorcycle riders. It's about stop being dirty bass bastards and keep your shit on your own property. Exactly. Now, I just don't like it because I don't like the way it looks. But then again, we're back to that whole, okay, boomer. 
Well, once again, it's keep your shit on your property. Exactly. That's all I'm saying. It's just keep your shit on your fucking property. You know, it's, uh, you know, as a motorcycle rider, I can deal with it and I can deal with it pretty much just fine. You know, I'll slow down my speed to where I'm pretty much standing through that damn fucking corner. Shit like that. Uh-huh. That's fine. But I can't attest to everybody else that's going to be on the road behind me. And just because you're too lazy to shoot it back into your fucking lawn, how about how about this? Don't let it grow to two fucking foot before you cut it. Stop being a lazy ass and cut it every fucking week. I mean, let's face it. There's going to be... You, you can point fingers on either side anywhere at any time. Exactly. But in truth... As a motorcycle rider, you should be prepared. And as a landowner, you shouldn't be a dick. Because I can guarantee you some of them, you know, some of them out in the country roads and stuff like that, do it on purpose. Oh, yeah. I... I they Because they get all these motorcycles like, oh, they're ruining my calm. I'll show them. Well, don't be a dick. Dick. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're 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 pretty much we're eye to eye. I mean, it comes down to education. A lot of people need to be better riders. Oh, for certain. And I can tell you that I'm just about due to go take another motorcycle safety class. How often do I do them? I go and take, I try to go and take a basic rider course every couple of years, probably every five. Do you know why? Because I get bad habits. Why is that? I get lazy. Well, that is true. And actually, you know what? So, so funny thing with that. Um, uh, so I just, uh, on my bike, I just put on the new front, new front tire. Mm-hmm. Uh, redid my fork oil. Yep. Actually, re-leveled my forks <laughs> that were out by like an eighth of an inch, which is why I had to get a whole new, um, which is I had why I had to get a whole new tire. At only I think that tire lasted five thousand miles as a front tire. Were you using Shenkos? No, it was a Pirelli. It was a Pirelli Night Dragon. Oh, okay. So you're using good tires so that nobody can say, well, it's because of the tire. No, no. And actually only the uh, um, the right side of the bike side, the right side of the bike of the tire actually wore down to nothing. It was off by an eighth of an inch. So it just wore on that one side. Yeah, that'll do it. Yeah, yeah. So I got it leveled out. Uh, as soon as I took it out, I went up a couple blocks from me. There's a old mall. Mm-hmm. Went up in the parking lot. Was doing a bunch of figure eights and stuff. Do, you know, doing shakedown runs. Mm-hmm. Damn it! It just it tracks so much nicer. I can actually let go of my, my of my handlebars, and I'm going in a damn straight line again. It's amazing. Before mm-hmm. it was just pulling to the left. It would just keep pulling to the left. 
So, so yeah. Where were, so where were we with that? Uh, um, damn, I don't even remember where we were. <laughs> that was the, kind of the whole point of this, though. We maturing? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you figure out things as you go. Exactly. Some do, some don't. I mean, some when you figure it out, some people, some people just look at it and uh, they say, "Nah, screw it." Hell, I say that sometimes. You know, sometimes traffic just pisses me off, and I just got to get past them. Exactly. <laughs> but I bring that upon this myself, knowing damn well, anything happens, I'm at fault. Doesn't mean I won't yell at other drivers for pulling out when they see somebody. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying anything about that part. <laughs> like, uh, hey, I may be speeding, but let's face it. You look direct. You, you look me d- dead in the fucking eyes. And you're just like, eh, I'm going to go anyway. Because mm-hmm. that happens in my truck, too. Well, that's because... and. So it doesn't matter the size of the vehicle, it still it just happens. Yeah, I don't I don't agree with a lot of what they do over in Europe. I don't like having my freedoms, you know, restricted. I don't like having my freedoms told what I can own, what I can't own, and all that. But I will say that the way you, they handle are you, are you talking about their leveling system for uh, their level system for uh, motorcycle licenses? I can see the I can see the advantages and I also see the disadvantages of it. You know, I don't want one of my 18-year-old, 19-year-old kids jumping on a Hayabusa and giving it the, you know, to quote, giving it know, the gusto, giving it the beans. <laughs> yeah. Get it out. And going around on a 1400cc motorcycle. I don't like that idea. But it's my job as a parent to go, hey, don't be an idiot. You've got something that, you know, is capable of doing 200. Don't do 200 mile an hour on it. You're going to die. I get what you're saying. Um, and I actually fully agree. You but know. it's... it's, it's like the, it, it's... I get the I get the idea of it, and I get the whole premise of it. Mm-hmm. I get the whole premise past what people actually believe is the premise. But I do like the way they have filtering. They have a graduated system, is what it is, mm-hmm. right? They have a tiered licensing system. Yep. And as much as I do, I, I, I appreciate it. You know, it gives people, you know, hey, you get your confidence up. You, you, you know, you're going to learn to ride and do that. But don't you think it's also a little economically skewed? It is, and that's again because after because after so many after a year or two years, you're, you you're going to have to buy another bike if you want to move up. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way you can move up. Whereas you have uh, a prime example is one of the guys that's in my club. We have one of the guys in my club. 
he started out with his first bike was a Harley Heritage. That was his first bike. And yeah, he still has could, that bike. Yeah. And they're not he, they're not they're not fast fast bikes, but I mean they got torque. They're going to move quick. And they got plenty of power. But and and at their CC class, you couldn't own one coming out the gate even if you're damn 250 pound guy. Nope, you could not. It doesn't matter your age. You're still starting out at the sub what is it? Sub 200 or sub 250? It's it, it's a I think no. I think they start off at a three hundred, at a three hundred cc. Okay, so you're still stuck at a sub three hundred cc motorcycle. That in, you know, thirty to sixty days, you've already outgrown skill wise. But you still got another year before you can move up. And who moves or something up? like that, or or however like it is like that. And do people actually move up, or do they just go, eh, whatever? Uh, I th- no, a lot of them actually tend to move up. Or do they stay on scooters? A lot of them do tend to move up. It depends on, I guess it really more depends on what you're doing. You know, where you live, how far you're going, what you're hauling. It's just like mm-hmm. your, your basic bike choice, you know. You know, what are you actually going to do with it? And what are you comfortable doing with it? You know, I mean, you look at, you look at like India and places like that, India, Thailand and stuff like that. What's your biggest motorcycle market? Oh yeah. It's, you know, 300 cc's and below. Exactly. But it's also so congested, you know, what's the point of having anything bigger? I mean, they could fit a family of eight on them. (laughs) Or 12. I mean, I mean, they're. I'm gonna have to give this to Indians, man. They're better than Mexicans. <laughs> Listen, we, I, I'm nope. When I got me, nothing. When, when a Mexican, <laughs> when a Mexican, when a Mexican opens up their car door and it's like a clown car, and they can do that on a little two wheeled motorcycle. Mexicans ain't got shit on that. <laughs> Just saying. And they can wheel it. What is with these oh, yeah. people? And they oh, ride yeah. in flip-flops. Not even tennis shoes. Flip-flops. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, if they want to get their face eaten off or their feet eaten off, who cares? I guess it is what it is. Pretty much. So, oh, do we need a recap today, sir? I don't think so. I think we're pretty much in there. You know, listen to other podcasts. Mm. You know, motorcycle men, loud pipes. A couple of Moto Nobody's ones. actually might be starting back up again. Really? Go figure That'll that out. Yeah. So we'll see it. We'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if Amp can stick with it this time. <laughs> well, if you need me on that but, one, uh, give me a shot. Well, I mean, we're just, I mean, I'll talk with you later about that. Uh, we'll see what, we'll see what happens with that one. Um, okay. Recycle but, garage. Uh, yeah. Which, what? 
and don't forget recycle garage ah yes now there's a bunch there's Cleveland a bunch of podcasts out there mm-hmm uh man i mean there's adventure riding moto uh there's adventure riders uh there's a whole lot of stuff uh, basically if you're not out there and search them yeah pretty much yeah, I, the internet you know, is your oyster. Out, Use it. Ah, uh, and crack it and get that pearl. Exactly. <laughs> so I guess uh, that leaves us with uh, until next time. Adios, amigo. Adios, sir. And also, don't forget, everybody, check out our website, www.cracklecaststudio.com. If you like to send us a little feedback, uh, maybe you want to send us a topic of whatever to talk about, we will go ahead and talk about whatever you got. Cracklecaststudio at gmail.com. So until next time, bye con Dios.